Hey guys, it's Bran. Um, we were going to do a different episode today, but uh, Ed Asner passed away over the weekend and uh, we have a couple of Ed Asner episodes ready to go. So this week and next week are going to be uh, Ed Asner movies. Um, so rest in peace, Ed Asner. This week we have The Christmas Star. Next week, Christmas on the Bayou. Ed Asner, a true legend. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Ed. This is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Bran, and I uh, just love classic ABC Christmas movies. I'm Dan, and I just despise classic ABC Christmas movies. I'm Alonzo, and... Classic ABC Christmas movies are a lot. And this, <laughs> this is, is the Deck the Hallmark Podcast. Yes. Yeah. October is here, baby. Mm, countdown to Christmas right around the oh corner. My gosh. We know at this point uh, at this point that Hallmark's gonna have 96 new Christmas releases <laughs> this year. It's going to be amazing. It's going to feel like that. I'll tell you that much, yeah, Dana. It it's going to feel like that. Uh, but boy, things are just kicking off here in just a few weeks. I, I believe only two more of these special t- uh, Monday episodes. Mondays for the um, year. That's right, Alonzo. And then, Alonzo, we're going to uh, give you time to breathe and watch some stuff on your and own. And join us for Deck the Homework. And then join Hallmark. us for Deck yeah, the Homework throughout exactly the season. Right. Yeah. Do you ever just watch something just for the sake of watching it, Alonzo? <laughs> I used to. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, not so much. Yeah, it is what it is. It's a tough life. It's a tough life out there. I, it's the life I chose, and I'm not sweeping up in a, a slaughterhouse. So you know, I'm not complaining about the gig. It's when you a- when you write the uh, book on Christmas movies, I think it's what you hope. For, yeah. Right. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm just, as I think you guys get the, the idea, if you can monetize the thing you'd be doing anyway, then, you know, then you're ahead of the game. This is what I'd be doing anyway. I'd be watching the TV movies. That's no exactly right. <laughs> you'd be watching uh, Christmas movies all year with a couple yes. of pals. Classic. Daniel, it's your dream come true. That's right. I know. Never doubted it for a second. Um, man, we did a doozy today. Nineteen eight. We what? We did. We, we did a doozy. Did a Something sh- is a doozy. We did a doozy. We, I never just never heard it. Before. We did a In doozy. Your pants, baby. I don't know. <laughs> My pants. Oh boy, you set them up, huh? Uh, 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 Rick, you've ever done a doozy in your pants? Oh, so many times. Yeah. Sometimes we do the doozies at Fitzy's down there. What does it mean Fitzies when you? Fitzy says, "Do the doozies night." Do uh, the doozy's yeah. night. And you're not going to believe this, but they take cream sherry and they put it, <laughs> they put it in Mountain Dew, <laughs> uh, with a Grand Marnier floater, and you got to shotgun that mother. And it's called Do the Doozy. Do the Doozy. That's what it's called. Now you must have been there. That's I, where you heard it from. I think I just heard it from you, and it's just in my sub. Do the Doozy. I say that from time to time. Yeah. It's a thing. It's getting around. It's like four for two. That Catch is it like wildfire. Four for two is not a thing. It is a thing. It's not a thing. You're a thing. Because people still... Uh, Alonzo, what's a four for two? <sighs> Rick has tried to explain this to me on so many occasions. <laughs> it's something about putting a foreman grill inside the other one and turning it upside down to get both sandwich sides. Yeah, both both of you couldn't be further <laughs> wrong than you are, but Alonzo gets it more than you do. 
You say, though, you put in how many? Four. Right. <laughs> right. You put in four. And then it becomes two? No, no, no. <laughs> it's four, four, two. Right. You still, you got two grill pans. F O R? Four burgers. F O U R? Four. Burgers. Four burgers. Or chicken patties. So whatever you want. You can go veggie. You can go hippie if you want. Four. Throw some tofurkey on there. So four. Four. Of those. For two. And then what's the two mean? Two sides. It's double-sided. You know how <laughs> everything you know is how double-sided when it Elliot comes to food. To flip, flip it and reverse it. Yes, you know I that? do know that. Think about that. <laughs> have that. Have Missy at misdemeanor Elliot. I always do. And then think four for two. But food is three-dimensional, therefore always has two sides. Get your freak on. <laughs> the Christmas it's star. Go ahead. <laughs> I got nothing. The Christmas, <laughs> the Christmas star originally aired on December 14th, 1986. On there was a, a guy at Fitzy's that had too many do the doozies. We called him a code dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because it's code red, but he's since passed. You're catching along. <laughs> Dude, he, oh, we got a code dead. They sign a waiver beforehand. I mean, it's not anything to feel bad about. I, I just be, just because someone signs a waiver, <laughs> it's all on board. They signed a waiver. It doesn't mean you should not feel bad when they pass. It's a code oh. dead. I know what you want from me. So you're telling you're telling me when somebody, you know, let's just say someone bungee dives and the bungee breaks, you don't feel bad for him. No, I feel bad. That's not a code dead. So it's only code deads that you. Yeah, that's right. December 14th, 1986, on ABC, and it went a little something like this. Con artist Horace McNichol is an old dude who's in prison, has no Christmas spirit. When he hears someone talking about the Christmas star, he just laughs it off and goes to his room. He doesn't care about no Christmas star. He doesn't care about a Christmas party, but he does figure out that this Christmas party could be used to his advantage. And so it's happening. There's this lady serving food. There's a brass band and there is a Santa. We then see Santa say, oh, I got to go get a refill of my gifts. He walks out and then we just see him running and laughing. And we're like, well, that doesn't seem like what a normal guy would be doing. Suddenly we see a guy hopping out. He's tied up and he's like, someone stole my suit. And we realize at that point that that Santa was McNichol and McNichol is now on the lamb. Uh, we then meet these two kids. One is named Billy. One is named John. They're at a Christmas parade. John rips off Santa's beard and says, uh, <laughs> Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper, fatso. fatso. It's a great line. Um, and um, the, the, the Billy's not having that. He's very upset about this. Um, we, uh, we know that, uh, that John has a miserable father, and John's father owns the uh, stretch of apartments that Billy's family lives in. That's right. Um, he finds his dog. His dad won't let him keep it, and so he leaves it um, on the porch. Um, and McNichol is trying to find a place to hide. And so he finds uh, this basement thing, you know, like he opens up the shaft, he goes down, and it turns out that it's uh, that it's old uh, Billy's basement. Billy, Billy's basement, so I'm lying. Yeah, Billy's and, basement. Uh, <laughs> they opened for McNichol on the lamb, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> 
And uh, McNichol at this point is convincing these kids that live there that he is Santa Claus. And that word spreads fast. And McNichol is like, well, I guess I can use this to my advantage. And I can get these kids to help me find this money that has been stored in a department store. Yeah. It's the hiding place for this money. And so um, they end up helping him get the money in the process. All these kids are believing he's the real Santa. And he starts to tell them, you know, what do you want for Christmas? All right, great. That's wonderful. And um, there's uh, John uh, gets upset with Santa, stops believing him because uh, the, this dog, the dog passed away. It's this whole thing. Um and uh, he's like, you know what? I don't believe in this this Santa anymore because he can't do what I need. Big Nickel realizes that the kids are pretty great. They're good kids. I don't want to be a bad guy anymore. And so McNichol, he uh, he's being hauled away at a, in a police car after John turned him in. And he uh, sees a Christmas star. And it's at this point in time that everything that the kids asked for for Christmas starts to come true. Like snow falling. Puppies hanging out. The mean landlord starts to let people keep their apartments. And McNichol just looks on and he's happy as can be. We see him in prison. He's a changed man. He's singing Heart the Herald Angels Sing with a prison choir. And that, my friends, was the uh, Christmas, Christmas Star. We did it. Yeah, that, there, I, there's a lot there. There's a lot there and there's more I left yeah. out. I don't, I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Yeah. I, we didn't even get to the ghosts. Yeah, they, they, they put a, like a six-hour miniseries into a 93-minute movie. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. We're going to break it down after this quick break here on Deck the Hallmark. Wow, what a good one. Um, Boy, oh boy. We're talking about the Christmas star. Uh, 1986, we watched it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And this, I think, isn't this what Disney Plus was created for? Come on, to to be a to be to be a place where you can watch stuff like this. Um, and it's all there and available too. It's all there. It's just, they never take stuff out. down. Never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Christmas Star. Let's talk about it, Alonzo. We're going to start with the hot take. I'm going to start with you, and I want to know: Had you seen this movie before? Uh, what's your thoughts on it? All of that good stuff. I had not seen this before. Wow. I never heard of it, frankly. Wow. Um, but, you know, it was there on the Disney Plus Christmas menu. And I was like, okay, Ed Asner, it's Christmas at Disney. And it aired on a major network. Like, sure, let's give this a whirl. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the Ed Asner of it all is pretty great. Like, he spends of most of the movie being very grumpy. And you want to see a guy, Ed Asner, in a Santa outfit being mean to children. Like, who doesn't want to see that? Um, but boy, they, the, the last 20 minutes of this movie is a ride out of bounds. It's crazy. They just go. So there is so much Christmas spirit and redemption and catharsis and all the other things that it's just like, Whoa, slow down movie. I'm just, let me take this in. Um, almost to the point where it's just, they're, they're clearly trying to overwhelm you with all the Christmas. So you don't ask too many questions. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's something else. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you 
now, uh, this movie has all of the makings of a really great Christmas movie and also mm. all the makings of a really bad one. Yeah. <laughs> and they put them all together. There is a fantastic Christmas movie in here with Ed mm. Asner, Santa, getting Christmas spirits. All of that is really good. Um, but then there's just a ton of really weird stuff that goes on in this movie that is ju just insane. There is a scene, 10 minutes, five minutes, five to 10 minutes, he, where he, uh, you know, he's got his money, he's trying to escape, he's on a train, and there's someone else on this train and that he keeps does. turning into different people, and then he turns into someone else, and then he jumps off the train, and that train disappears. What is that doing in this movie? It's like a one-act play of The Christmas Carol done in five minutes. Yes. It is just wild out of nowhere. Like, I, I, I was 30 minutes into this movie, and I was like, this is awesome. I love this. Dude. And then just weird stuff starts to happen that's just not necessary. And that's unfortunate because there's so much of this that is truly awesome, truly uh, Christmas. I loved it. And then there's just so much that I just was so baffled when You're I was watching like five minutes in, like they're telling the story in the prison and then Ed Asner escapes in the Santa suit and they start playing the music and Bran looks over at me and he just starts nodding. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, we found it. Just we right in my it. veins. This is the stuff. <laughs> found and it. then from there, it, I'm thinking, how is this not a Christmas classic? Yeah. Um, there is a scene <laughs> how indeed where he gets the money. These children all bring him a bag of, as they put it in the movie, a half a million smackers, which I just wanted to say so badly, which, so I fit it which in there. We had half a, a million snackers, and yeah, that was yeah. a mistake. A big mistake. That amount of cacao, we that just never will, recovered. <laughs> that will take yeah, you down. Yeah, you think Cookie Palooza's bad. The screen's just half covered in a million <laughs> snackers. Yeah, we're in trouble. So much nerds. So nerds, much nerds everywhere. Everywhere. It's out of control. Hockey that don't get that reference. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. But we I'm not it. sorry. Yeah. But you should, because it's great. <laughs> that that cacao count, which I also saw live and with, <laughs> with the nerds, it's just a dangerous combo. Cacao count. It's a weird one. Yeah. Um, mm. It's a bunch of Count Choculas on stage. <laughs> yeah. So there's a part in this movie mm. where a, just a gaggle of children bring mean Santa Ed Asner a bag of a half million dollars, if that's a smacker <laughs> conversion that I'm, I think it is. Um, and I, I look at Brandon, I was like, this movie's almost over. Like, he's about to learn his lesson and be like, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I did this for the money and I really should have been doing it, you know, to help others. And, and I'm going to go set it straight and I'm going to use the money to, you know, whatever and turn myself in. And instead, we get just 20 minutes of, like, Terry Gillum presents. Like, I, I don't know what to, what to make of the last 20 minutes of this movie. It's just asinine. Like, I don't, I don't know what else to say. He's on a train that may or may not be there. There's a guy with a beard that turns out to be, like, a wispy beard. And, like, there's just – there's – it is wild, and it's unfortunately it's wild and not fun wild because your body is already and your mind is already like this movie should be over, and so right. it's not wacky new new in the middle. It's at the end, and you're just and it just doesn't. None of it sits right. I mean, Ed Asner. I didn't realize how much Christmas work he, we were talking about this beforehand. I didn't realize how much stuff he's done that's Christmas related. He has been in something Christmas 
in six different decades. And I've not wow. looked. He didn't act. Did he? I mean, he acted in the 60s. I didn't look in oh, the yeah. 60s. Oh, he did one in the 60s. Okay, seven decades because he has something <laughs> in the can for 2022. So he's done 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s. This guy get like he understood he clearly likes doing Christmas material. And so it, it is always a pleasure, as you said, Alonzo, to see him. But the rest of this is just crazy and not in a fun way, just in like overstuffed and underdeveloped way. So, no, it's a no for me, unfortunately, even with that Asner. Um, let's get to all the feels. The part of the show we talk about what in this movie gave us feels. Alonzo. Uh, I had character actor feels, yeah, uh, because this is a pretty great cast. In addition to Ed Ezer, Fred Gwynn, Fred Gwynn, the great Fred Gwynn, who is getting to be very Fred Gwynn, like just lots yeah. of perturbed, yep. deadpan long takes. Like he's having a blast, and it's fun to watch him. Just the just the whole comic timing of him, like picking up the phone he's all excited about coming yeah. home finally and he's got yeah. an armful of gifts and there's like it's for you and just yeah. you know you Classic. know he knows he's got to go back there i was like that's just that's delicious um academy award nominee susan terrell uh as the as lucky's ex the woman who he left to holding the bag uh, you know, she's like, oh, giving whoa. a very serious performance in this. Yeah, film. well, she, she's an intense actress. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you know, like she's been in Andy Warhol stuff. So it's like, like not somebody I would have expected to see pop up in a Disney Christmas television project. But there you go. Um, so yeah. Oh, even the 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 chief of uh, the 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 Fred Gwynn reports to. Did you guys ever watch Police Squad? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh my goodness, that's Frank Drebin's partner. Unbelievable! From <laughs> I knew I recognized him. You even know what Police Squad is, Brandon? No idea. Have you heard of the movie you The Naked Gun? Yes. Okay, this was the TV show that basically Naked Gun originally called Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Police Squad was a six-episode series that that the airplane guys did that was hilarious and brilliant, but like too you had to pay too much attention to yeah. it for television, and it didn't it didn't go. But then it became the Naked Gun movies. Anyway, in the basically the guy who is Fred Gwynn's boss in this movie on the TV show is the equivalent of OJ Simpson, Simpson in the movie in the Naked Gun movies because right. he's Drebin's partner. That's right. Uh, so yeah, I, I got that. Those were my feels. Man, <laughs> my my feels uh, are the the first five minutes of this movie. Like oh, the whole it. thing mm, yeah. gave me feels from Ed Asner breaking out in his Santa suit to getting a full um, intro. Uh, we're seeing this Christmas parade. Santa Claus is coming to town is playing over top of it. It's just all working for me. I loved all of that. And so uh, like, I was just like, this is awesome. And so it, 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 uh, that whole thing gave me feels. Weirdly enough, my feels is the very last scene of the movie, and it's purely because of Ed Asner. The movie ends with him, what I believe is directing a prison choir, mm, still in his too. still in his Santa outfit. He got straight to work. He got there mm. and was like, "I'm not changing." No, but he's he's you know full conducting. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and it is just absurdist. But then the camera goes to his face, and it is just the face of a changed man. Like, I don't know how to describe that, but the, the performance he's giving, he's all in that he is a different guy now. He doesn't care that he's in prison. And it was wonderful. It was a wonderful performance, and I was like, 
man, this was that. That's really good. As weird as that scene is, so yeah. Well, that's 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 the, that's the challenge of playing Scrooge. You know, you yeah. spend eighty percent of the movie being like, ah, and then at the end, you have to just be exploding with joy. That's right. And not all actors nail that pivot, but I would love to see Ed Asner Scrooge because oh, he could totally do it. Oh, yeah, he would crush it. I would love that. Sure. Um, there's not enough. There's not. There's not enough uh, Christmas carols out there. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. <laughs> I'm in. Um, let's take one more quick break. We'll come back with the white what's um, and the other segment. Uh, ABC one two threes. Hi, everybody. Looking forward to ABC's one, two, three. Oh, it's going to be good. Really it's looking forward really to that. Really <laughs> uh, let's get to the Wait Watts part of the show. We talk about what in this movie made us go. Wait, Watts. Alonzo. Okay, let's talk about this Christmas parade. <laughs> so Ed Asner is in the prison working in the laundry. The TV is on. He sees the Christmas parade, and they talk about how they're going to retire the throne and the reindeer, and he goes, ah, that's where my money is hidden. So that's sort of the whole inciting incident of him having to escape. So he's in the laundry watching the parade on TV. Then the Salvation Army shows up and has the party for the prisoners, and that's where he's able to grab the Santa suit and whatever. Then he escapes from prison in the Santa suit on foot. You see him pass by a sign that says (laughs) town is 10 miles away. He gets to town, and the parade is still going on. That's right. Yeah, bad ankle. Bad ankle. Don't forget bad ankle there. Also bad ankle. How many days long is this parade? (laughs) Long enough for a man to watch you on TV and then run 10 miles with a bad ankle and a Santa yeah, suit. Hobble into town it's for perfect. 10 miles. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, first I wrote down, is somebody going to bathe that poor dog? Good he's gosh. Like, he's so the dirtiest yeah. dog. But then, oh, no, it's okay because the dog died. That's so right. What would have been the point in bathing him? We are this far into this episode. In the middle of this movie, a dog dies in the hands of a child. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome home, ABC family. Jiminy <laughs> Christmas. I, I, I went to doesthedogdie.com. They do not have a listing for the oh, Christmas star, but they should. Really should. Are you wow. kidding me? The public has a right to I know. I was not happy. Um, <laughs> doesthedogdie.com is a great resource. It really is. Absolutely. Not only That's for a, dog dying, but also for a lot of other things that you might be bothered by watching movies. Oh, yeah, really? yeah. yeah, they, they have a whole they, list. They, it's like everything. Like, does somebody throw up in this movie? It'll wow. tell you. Yeah. It's does pretty a child's phenomenal. toy get smashed? Like, yes. it's, very, it's, very, it's very It's very specific. specific. And it does make you think, like, who's got a problem with that, yeah. that specific thing? Like, does someone eat a Cheeto? Like, yep, they sure do. <laughs> <laughs> who's wondering? I'm out. That's a deal breaker. Yes. Look, I don't judge. We've all got our, We've all our, got our, our breaking things. points. That's right. Um, so at the end, you know, we, the Santa has bought the building for the tenants so they don't have to leave. And he's sort of like forced Rene Aubergenois, the, the mean landlord into being nice and being nice to his son. And like, you know, it's, it's dogs and apartments and all this stuff. And Susan Terrell gets a dress. (laughs) Like there was not, you couldn't throw her some cash. You can be pretty again. (laughs) Yeah, it's like lucky moves are high and dry. Here's an outfit. I'll be honest. I thought when I saw the dress, I assumed I had missed something. Yeah, like she mentioned a dress. (laughs) Like I just assumed I missed it. Nah. Yeah, not even a great dress, but that's beside the point. Like just give her some cash. It's been a while since he's had to buy a dress. You know. Um, yeah, the, the whole ending is just just bam, 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 one crazy thing after another. And I'm gonna say this. You cannot 
end your movie with Hark the Herald Angels Sing when It's a Wonderful Life already did that. Yeah. Yeah. Like when the when somebody's if one lady sits down at the piano and starts hammering out Hark the Herald Angels Sing, it's like mm, 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 no 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 yeah, no. That's the thing. You, yeah, that's yeah, the thing you, you just can't do. You can repeat can't almost do anything. Hark the Herald Angels Sing and you can't do and you can't do Old Lang Syne. Like no. oh, yeah, It's a Wonderful Life owns sure. those find another public domain song to take us out with because that's just not going to work. But you also can't do Merry Christmas 11 times. That is taken as well. Reunited. And 12. And 13 New Year's. 13, 13 New, New Year's, Year's of course. That's right. yeah. um, I've got a couple. One, at the towards the beginning of this movie, the, the nice family sitting at the table and the dad sings something and then all the kids start laughing and the mom goes, not at the table. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. This revelry don't is for you, rich folks. Don't you sing? <laughs> don't you sing at the table? Oh man! Um, I, all I was thinking when I saw the chair open up with the gears and the whatnot is that chair must weigh a ton, yeah. <laughs> and they are just wheeling that boy around. Yeah, That's are. got gears and stuff that just like are mechanically opening up if you put in the secret passcode. Like just a phenomenal amount of weight has to be involved with that chair. Um, enough cannot be said about this train and why it happened <laughs> the way that it did. So, guys, I, I can't even tell you really. You have to just see the train scene because it just... Does it make a lick of sense uh, yeah. why it's there? It's just a totally different movie. What's crazy is, is they set up the train being real. Like they legitimately, he calls, he does a bid on the payphone. He knows the train's going to be there. You see him getting on it and you're like, this is all part of his plan. It's a great plan. And then the train disappears <laughs> and he's laying on the tracks. How much of this has been in his head the whole you time? Could you could set up Ghost Train in Act One. Oh. I think. You could have the go the partner, some kind of haunting spiritual something. I am but no, here no, no. for a Ghost Train. This is out of the blue. Like, That's right. We have not seen a single timetable for Ghost Train, and it yeah. just arrived. Well, the train is established as real through a phone call, and it stopped. Like I just, I, it just there's sure. too much of it that they set up as it being real. They do, they yeah. don't even, they don't establish ghost train. Instead, they try to do the opposite as much as yes. they possibly can. Establish real train. <laughs> That's what yes. they go with. Uh, I'll be there for you. Uh, you got anything? I'm done. <laughs> this is not a ghost train. <laughs> the best soy latte that you ever had and me. <laughs> Now that she's back on the ghost train, yeah. <laughs> Is it real? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what if we killed a dog? <laughs> half a million smackers, yeah. That that would be a line he would actually yeah, say. Would have, train would actually yeah, say half a million smackers. Throne, yeah. <laughs> All of these are things Train from Train would say. Yes, absolutely. Why um, not? I did not catch the Christmas parade being that long. And the reason I didn't is because on the broadcast, they say, yeah, they're retiring all of this. And the reason they are is for next year's Christmas robot land. Yes. <laughs> That's what they say. They say next year's Christmas robot land. And I couldn't get over it. They have been doing this parade televised the same way for years and years. And they've decided to pivot to <laughs> Christmas robot land. That's what's happening next year? 
for the kids. You it's know. for the kids. They it's have the kids. A, uh, a throne that is worth what I can only assume is millions of dollars. Yeah. And they're like, let's bring in the robots. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a better Toss idea. This garbage. Bro, this is awful. This All this tradition. Nonsense. Um, can we talk about this country club? I mean, prison. Uh, this, this is as minimum security a prison as I've ever seen. Everyone has a private cell with a bunk. Um, the Salvation Army Party, you just mingle around with the citizens. Um, everybody who's in prison wears something slightly different, like just whatever you want, as long as it's like bluish. Um, you know, there's like one guard up top with a gun with like no scope on it. Like just do whatever you need to do. I mean, it's on Fair you chill. guys. It's on you guys that this guy escaped as Santa. I mean, he, you know, you could claim he Shawshanked that thing and had been working on it for years because that beard took work. Um, mm. You know, he'd been playing this whole time uh okay wait 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 wait. i I need to put i need to put a fork into this real beard or fake beard that asked it it looks real to me i thought it was real dave Dave said it has to be real because it's not perfect that's right you know and and so okay and i wasn't sure because i it could go either way astor grew the beard for the part I guess. Wow. Which that's commitment. But here's the thing. If it is real, why do they not, after John Sumner, who is the name of somebody I went to high school with, uh, after John Sumner <laughs> pulls out. the beard off of fake parade Santa, why doesn't he try to pull Ed Asner's yes. beard and find out that, oh, it's real, and that would be the way that convinces him that he's actually Santa? Yeah. That well, makes too much sense because he could have said Jack the Ripper Fatso again, yeah, which Jack was Ripper. our favorite yeah. line from uh, <laughs> What uh, was uh, John Sumner like in uh, high school? He was very nice. Really? Uh, he was a good, he was all right, good John. Guy. He, he, was, he was on a newspaper with me. Oh, he would have never that. said Jack the Ripper Fatso. No, 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 no. no. Played, played football. Hell of a guy. Hell of a guy. <laughs> That's what I love. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Jack>. <laughs> That's what I was going to say on his dude. Played football. Hell of a guy. So Sumner in the film finds uh finds a dog in the trash in the trash heap over there mm. and in the very next scene is walking him on a leash and did the dog come with a leash was there like a sign that said hey there's a leash right over there help me out <laughs> usually if you find a dog that's just a stray there is not a leash to be found but this dog comes with a leash which is Much wonderful a collar <laughs> yeah and this this family agrees to let the dog in during the day but they have to retie him up on the stairs every day? <laughs> like, is this movie called The Christmas Star of Dog Abuse? <laughs> like, like, what are we doing to this point? It's freezing outside. He can come in by the fire just to see what he's missing. <laughs> but then, but then, then we're out. taking him back out and putting but him on a post. Him. That's whatever right. You do. No bass, but hey, come in. You could be warm, but no. Maybe that's why he died. You kept changing the temperature by 50 <laughs> degrees on him. Good gracious. Are you kidding me? There is a delayed scream in this movie that is re- represents some of the worst filmmaking I've ever seen. The, the little kids sneak into the toy store by the, all the other kids distracting with a carol. We'll get to there in a second. And they hide, and then they come out, and there's a mannequin, but it's a black mannequin. And the two kids, you see a shot of them, look at the mannequin, and then you see the mannequin a pan up of the mannequin and it gets to the face and it's just a mannequin and then you go back to the kids and then count like one second and then the girl (laughs) screams and and i don't know why she would have screamed like 30 seconds after she saw this but that's what she did by the water yeah panda by the water cooler is what it's like um but yeah 
can we talk about this gambit where these two kids sneak into this store past the security guard by getting a bunch of other kids to carol? And what they do is, is they bring this gaggle of kids, they start caroling, they're terrible, and then the little girl goes up and hands the guard a caroling book and then sneaks past him. And then when we come back, like 10 minutes later, he's leading them in caroling to him. <laughs> he's teaching them how to carol to him. It is, it's like something out of like an Abbott and Costello bit. Like it is legitimately like a Three Stooges thing. Like where they just, you know, let's distract this guy by getting him to conduct the children's choir. Um, they knew that guard really wanted to be a choir master. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then let's talk about the half million smackers one more time. If smackers are dollars, and that's what we mm. think they are, there's no way all of them are in that little bag that that kid is carrying around weightlessly. Like he's carrying around that bag like there's nothing in it but cotton candy. And, and there's supposed to be half a million dollars in there. I don't think so. Those are my weight what's. Half a million Maybe they're $100,000 bills. <laughs> <laughs> There's five of yeah. them. Hey. It's time for ABC 123, the part of the show we wonder what could have been maybe having some clarity questions that we still have. Alonzo, what are you still wondering about? Uh, I just wondered, can that star testify at McNichol's parole hearing? Because um, <laughs> he was supposed to get out in six months, but then he escaped because he was afraid that his money was going to go away because of Christmas Robot Land. And uh, I'm just wondering, like, does this redemption we get him score him any points, or is is he now back in yeah. forever? No, that's fair. <laughs> um, one of the things that McNichol does when he's trying to right all of his wrongs is he scares um, John's dad um, into you know becoming a fan of Christmas and getting the people to keep their apartments and stuff. And he does this by uh, becoming ghost Santa in a sense. <laughs> he knocks on a door and there is a, a smoke behind him. And my question yeah. is, did he buy a smoke yeah. machine for <laughs> that event? And that guy's not terrified. Because, he's just excited about Christmas after it. Yeah, too, after he wears, he's just like, he's just changed man. But there is a, a smoke coming in like a smoke machine would. Did Because I don't know. He's buying stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's doing stuff. Did he buy a smoke machine? I don't know. It's the only thing Maybe I can Maybe he just of. set fire to a couple of cartons of Viceroy's or something. <laughs> <laughs> he could have he could have given him like a couple hundred G's. He's like, hey, here's two hundred thousand dollars, everybody gets their own apartment. Could have done something. that. Yeah. You know, never know. I my only two, one is is he back in jail because he gets to wear a Santa outfit at the end of the movie, like he did the whole movie long, so he didn't bother to change. But the bigger one is there's a scene in this movie that's designed to be like just a little little teaser of physical comedy, and I don't know why it's in the movie, but I also don't know why the character he's hiding on a stack of firewood. <laughs> and he's got a blanket over him and the dad comes downstairs to look at the boiler and there's a piece of wood on the ground and he takes the wood and he tosses it on top of Ed Azer. Now, it hurts, it's funny, the kids know he's under there. Now that's fine, whatever, but then while the dad is looking at the boiler, Ed Asner reaches out, takes the wood and places it down on the ground so it can be thrown on him again. <laughs> and, if, and so his hand can be stepped yes, on. Yes. <laughs> if you're under this blanket and you get a piece of wood on you, you just got to hope for the best, right? Like, you can't, like, reach out, expose your arm, and then go, let's do one more. I think the second take will be funnier. I, it just doesn't make any sense. The that, that I need to know, have some explanation on how that scene exists in this movie. <laughs>
It made me laugh. That's it all did. I know. That's true. Uh, we did, everybody. Congratulations. Boy, oh, boy. We're getting close. You can feel it in the air, can't you? Sure can. Pumpkin spice, the, the holly jollies. It's all happening right now. Right around the corner. So excited. Um, uh, Alonzo, would you like to leave us with some words of wisdom today? <laughs> Uh, yeah, just, you know, I think uh, this movie does remind us that uh, a lot of tenants this year have been finding themselves in precarious situations. So, again, if you can, if you have the means to support your local mutual aid organization, please do. And uh, on a purely uh, selfish note, uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas movies is now available. Yeah. Wherever you can watch wow, it's out. I mean, this is it. It's a real deal. Yeah. Go buy a copy. Do it now. Start your Monday off right. So exciting. Um, thank you to everybody who already bought a copy. It means so much to be New York Times bestseller. So thank you so much for helping <laughs> us do that. It's just, just so It's a dream good. come true. It's a dream I come true. I mean, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Wait a minute. You, 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 we spoke it into existence. Already sent you know? my new social security info in. Absolutely. I'm, I'm changing my name. New York <laughs> Times bestseller. <laughs> well, what's it? What's it? Like, you can now afford that pool. Beforehand, it was no, no, just no. purely was pure just hoping for card. the best. Just credit card debt. And now, and now here we are. Man. Uh, we did it, everybody. Congratulations. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Until then, may we be the first to wish you a Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Deck the Hallmarks of Bramble Jam podcast. It's presented by Philo TV. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in, yeah, that Greenville, South Carolina. Set decor is by Plum at Haywood Mall. For more information on Deck the Hallmark, you can go to deckthehallmark.com. For more information on Bramble Jam podcast network, you can go to bramblejampodcast.com. We're about to play some ads that help keep the lights on here in the studio. Don't feel like you have to listen to them. You can press stop right now. Thank you so much for your support. Merry Christmas.